It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, October 24th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Two people have submitted applications to replace Assemblymember Dave Miller, who resigned from his role earlier this month, citing health reasons. As of noon Friday, only Carol Voison and former Assemblymember Richard Wien had submitted letters of interest. Wien recently ran for a seat on the Assembly this fall, garnering a little over 900 votes. It was enough to secure third place, but not enough to secure a seat on the seven-member body. The local surgeon previously served on the Assembly from 2017 to 2020. Voison has government experience as well. In her application, she mentions eight years of experience on the city council in Ashland, Oregon, and local volunteer experience at the White Elephant and on the board of directors for the Sitka Community Land Trust. Once the assembly picks an applicant, they'll serve in the role until the municipal election next October. Then voters will decide who will serve the last year in Miller's seat. Those interested in Miller's seat have until noon today to submit an application to the city's clerk office. The assembly will pick Miller's replacement at its regular meeting on October October 25th. The head of the U.S. Census Bureau, Robert Santos, visited Sitka on October 17th on his way to the Alaska Federation of Natives Convention in Anchorage. He met with officials from the Sitka Tribe of Alaska to hear concerns about how systemic undercounting has impacted federal funding formulas for the tribe. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Uh, Let me start by saying something that I hope will not shock the public because it's always been true and that is that no census, no decennial census, has ever been perfect. They're designed to be as accurate as they possibly can be. U.S. Census Director Robert Santos was appointed by President Joe Biden just after the COVID-19 pandemic added unprecedented challenges to the country's biggest effort to collect population data. We use the best technology, the best methodology. Uh, We have Uh, a fair amount of funding to, to get that done. Every 10 years, the Census Bureau does the best that it possibly can. The U.S. Census Bureau's work goes far beyond the decennial census. In addition to annual surveys, it studies its own data to figure out each census's shortcomings. To say, here's where the data are good and here's where they have limitations, you actually make the available data more valuable because you know what to look out for. So that's where we're at right now. And we're now in the process of doing our assessments to see where could we improve for 2030. And more importantly, we're reaching out to communities like Sitka to say, what can we do differently? Through that work, they estimate that in the 2020 census, Alaska Natives and American Indians were undercounted by over 5%. Undercounting is a long-standing problem that can have major implications for tribes. Sitka Tribe of Alaska's Transportation Director, Jerry Hope, says the tribe has seen firsthand how data collection can inform federal funding formulas. About five years ago, one of the attorneys that we work with, Matt Jaffe from Sanofsky Chambers, brought up one of the funding formula elements 
for the tribal transportation program's funding, which had to do with the population count. The problem Jaffe caught was a result of the way the Census Bureau's annual American Community Survey calculates the total Alaska Native population when respondents list themselves as Alaska Native or Alaska Native and another race. The survey collects detailed information on everything from race and ethnicity to sex and household composition, even whether a respondent has access to high-speed internet. And the data collected from those surveys are used by federal agencies to determine funding for certain tribal programs. In Sitka, funding for two programs depend on these counts to be accurate. The Baranoff Island Housing Authority, which oversees tribally designated housing, and STA's Transportation Department. Hope says the tribe has long struggled to get federal authorities to address the problem. It was like treading water. But finally, earlier this year, there was an opportunity to meet with a tribal specialist in the Census Bureau. And so we were able to start getting traction on our concerns. Santos says the issue came up when their data was used by the Bureau of Housing and Urban Development to implement policy. But the way HUD was using the data led to an additional undercount of Alaska Natives. Santos says it was a big, big issue that the Census Bureau will be looking into. And so we need to go and look back at that and see what we can do, number one, to help uh, the, the department that's implementing policy understand the magnitude of the change that occurred by their decision. But secondly, and more importantly, what do we need to do in order to explore ways to, to help lessen the undercount? Hope says the Sitka tribe and the Census Bureau have committed to meeting regularly in the coming months to figure out next steps to tackling the undercount. The fix could be administrative within the Census Bureau itself or through congressional action. There's no timeline for how long it could take, but Hope is optimistic. So we're going to be able to really work and develop that roadmap on achieving our goal to improve the historical undercounts to a lot more improved count that reflects, I would, dreaming here, show 100% accuracy rather than the undercount that exists. We're just really happy that we have their ear. We have an opportunity to work on this, and they're very open to it. So that's really a big achievement. After Director Santos' visit to Sitka concluded, he and his team made their way to the Alaska Federation of Natives Conference in Anchorage, where he'll meet with tribes and give a presentation on the census. It reflects our recognition that we should go beyond staying in our headquarters and doing the best analyses we can with the top-notch statisticians and economists and scientists that we have to come up with the best methods. We also need to get out into the community. A public comment period on the 2030 census is open through mid-November, and Santos hopes Americans will share their ideas for how the Bureau can improve the next census. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Viva! Sabin. The town of Thorn Bay has rallied to bring their new library to life. It officially opened this summer and now has one full-time employee and a squad of more than a dozen regular volunteers working to keep the doors open. KRBD's Regan Miller spoke with the library's new director about how it's going so far. 
the Thorn Bay Library opened its doors in a new building earlier this summer. Now, four months later, it's a peaceful spot, decked out with Halloween decorations like paper pumpkin garlands in the cozy children's room and fake paper slime taped to the stacks. There are four public computers, an Alaskana literature room, shelves of movies, a space to sit and read, and a covered porch. And Caitlin Sawyer, the library's director, is the only full-time employee. And right now, for me, for my vision, it's making events and programs happen. This month brings a murder mystery-themed scavenger hunt, a short story night, and preschool story times. Sawyer says events like these help kids and parents beat boredom as fall and winter take hold on the town of 300. There's not really anyone who does anything puts on events or programs. I mean, we have a school, we have a store, and we have a gas station. <laughs> so uh, the library is really a good place for the, the community to meet and, and do things. And Sawyer says she knows that the library is a safe haven for the town's youngest residents. I see a lot of kids just wandering, which isn't necessarily bad, you know, get their exercise and air in, but uh, keep them, keeping them engaged and learning new things or experiencing new things, especially in a small town, I think is important. Sawyer's been surprised at how steady visitors to the library have been since she's took on the job. It's been about three weeks, but since I've been here, uh, the usage and attendance has been fairly good. I'm, I was actually surprised at how many patrons walked through the door um, during the weekday. And the most popular items in the library collection? Movies, definitely movies. Internet and streaming services are often unreliable in Thorn Bay, especially for residents on the south side of the town. The internet, it's getting better with, with the addition of Starlink, but uh, you can't really stream anything unless you pay for better internet. Without the ability to keep up with movies and TV during slow winters, when the town's businesses and lodges are winding down and tourists have taken their leave, Sawyer isn't sure what they'd do. Maybe fix up their houses? I'm not really sure. The library is unique. It was shipped to Thorn Bay via barge in pieces. Locals work together to put the final touches on construction. It's got a squad of more than a dozen volunteers who watch the desk while Sawyer is away. And it was completely paid for by grants and the community. I think a lot of people who don't volunteer now really gave a lot for the library to be what it is now. And so we need to use that to show that we appreciate it. The library is open Monday through Saturday. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. 